We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business are the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M and Titan Travis on Clubhouse. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from being a college football recruit all the way to the debate as to whether they should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk some fantasy football since this is a Road of His Radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And uh, you know, we've been going back and forth between rookie analysis and NFL analysis and college football analysis here for the past three weeks, kind of tossing back and forth. This show is going to be a very special one where we mix all three worlds together. And I'm joined by two very special guests to help me do this. We're actually going to be doing a mix of Debbie and Rookie Draft together. If you're unfamiliar with Debbie Drafts, you can actually roster college players uh, before they're even in the pros. So just kind of uh, take a look ahead at the future and the rookie class and kind of compare the current values together in one draft through three rounds of the best players in all of football. So kind of looking ahead, predicting the future, uh, but also looking at the now with the guys coming into the league today. Uh, to help me do this, I'm joined by a buddy of mine who's been on the show before, Shane Hallam. You can find him on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Uh, he's of the Devi Marketplace, Fake Pigskin, and Steel City Insider. And Dwight Peebles, another guy who has been on the show here recently, at FF Peebles Champ on Twitter. Uh, you can find him uh, over at the Debbie Manual, uh, Dynasty 
nerds and some can- campus to Canton work as well. He's He's been all over the place over the years, just doing everything on the Debbie side, college prospect talk, and Shane making some really fun leagues. Uh, just the deepest, nerdiest leagues imaginable, uh, I think. Uh, so really, really fun to dive in with both of these guys, good friends of mine, and just uh, jump in right away to the draft. But before I do, thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, you guys doing okay? Yeah, hey, Look, I'm doing great, Travis. I, I appreciate you uh, bringing me back on, man. It's always a good time. I've started really getting back into uh, 2022, 2023 tape. So this is the time. Now the NFL draft has subsided. It's time to go back and, and watch – Watch, watch some more college football. That's what it's all about. Yeah, man, Shane. I, I really appreciate uh, all the the, di- the deep diving and, and Debbie work that you do and all the conversations that we've had uh, just in, in nerdy chats, even looking ahead to recruiting classes that aren't even in football just yet. But, Dwight, you doing all right, man? Oh, very good, man. Very good. Happy to be on here. It's been a while since I've talked uh, football with some nerds. So it, it always, it's always nice to, instead of just trying to explain to my wife why, uh, DJU is better than Trevor Lawrence or vice versa. You know, my wife just kind of glosses over and goes back to her called the midwife show or whatever she's watching now. So yeah, it, it's better to talk to you guys about that type of stuff. So yeah, not going to lie. I don't have any, uh, I, I call my, my friends, uh, I, well, I, I just, you know, people that don't talk football this level, I just call them the normals. Like I just don't, I just have a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of, uh, normal friends that, uh, if I try to muggles. jump off that, yeah, muggles and, uh, or what was it? No devs. <laughs> Instead of no match, you know, I don't know what it is. No, wait, well, no, that's what it was. It was Douglas. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's too nerdy. But uh, we're just going to draft some of uh, the future NFL stars that are still in college and uh, rookies coming into the NFL right now all together just to see how we value all these guys side by side. So given Dwight's take, uh, I, I may have to take a, one of my guys a little bit earlier. <laughs> than I thought, uh, but uh, we'll see who goes first off the board. Uh, if you've ever played in a super flex league, you can start more than one quarterback in your starting lineup, uh, and we're also going to consider the, consider the scoring format to be a tight end premium, so a little bit heavier scoring for tight ends. Uh, so that, that kind of frames and sets up this draft, but we're going to kick it off with Dwight Peebles with the first pick. Who are you going to take in this slot? Yeah, that was a little misdirection right there. So for me, I'm not going to get too cute. I I did think about DJU because I think he's got the highest possibility of being a generational talent, you know, amongst these guys that we're looking at. But I can't over – I cannot – I've got to take Trevor Lawrence. It just feels like the production now, I think he's in a pretty good situation in Jacksonville. I do wonder where – it almost seems like we maybe have a little bit of prospect fatigue with him. People are nitpicking the crap out of this kid and the things he's done the last couple of years. Um, but he's just an amazing prospect. He's going to turn that franchise around. And yeah, that's Trevor Lawrence for me is still the 101. Yeah. And I feel like we can just kind of, in all of my drafts for the most part, you're just like, okay, just fill in that guy's name at the very top. And then we'll move on to something interesting because when you, when you put up, you know, 90th plus percentile passing efficiency numbers for three straight seasons, and you're basically by the age of 16, already God's gift to the, the quarterback position. There's not a much to talk about uh, like five years later as, as he we're heading into his rookie year in an offense that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, with Travis Etienne, you know, still being on his team uh, and the corpse of James Robinson hanging around and then some fun wide receiver play as well. But uh, I'm curious, Shane, who is going to be the second pick over to you in the, in this uh, in this Debbie slash rookie mock draft here? 
Well, at the 102 in a super flex, I'm going to take Justin Fields, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I know he didn't go quite as high as Zach Wilson. He didn't go quite as high as Trey Lance. But, uh, Travis, we've talked about him on the show before. Him and Trevor Lawrence were the best two quarterbacks in high school. They were the best two quarterbacks in college football in this class. I don't, I don't really care what the NFL necessarily did, and I, I think the Chicago Bears going up and getting him – is a great fit. He has the rushing ability for fantasy. He has the deep ball. There's just so much that he can do well. And I think he's going to fit that offense really well. So even though he didn't go number three overall, I'm going to take Justin Fields. And I think he's going to be a pretty darn successful pro. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think we've talked about this before. I've talked on your show. I've talked on this show uh, quite extensively about the fact that Justin Fields is still my quarterback two at the very least and throughout this entire process I even had him as high as my quarterback one uh, here and there just thanks to his dual threat ability and incredible passing profile and just a limited sample we probably still haven't even seen the best of what can be with Justin Fields because he still does still have a shorter resume than a couple of these other guys like like a Trevor Lawrence so I really hope he pans out for the Bears I mean they they deserve some quarterback because the best thing they've ever had was apparently Jay Cutler and uh, knowing Jay Cutler uh, here in, in the Middle Tennessee area coming out of Vandy, that's not even very good anyway. So, uh, so yeah, let's hope that actually pans out for the Bears. So picks one, two, no surprise. They're Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Uh, but I'm going to throw us a major curveball here, and I'm actually going to go at pick number three. And this may seem weird to those that do not play Debbie uh, or, or dabble in college football, but I'm going to go with the next great uh, quarterback coming out of Clemson, and that's going to be DJ Uyunglele, uh, quarterback Clemson. And uh, this may surprise people going at pick number three, but he is my number one overall valued player in all of uh, Superflex Debbie formats. And really, it, for me, it's about... Um, how confident I am that he's going to be the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft right now. Uh, last year, he came in in a little limited action, uh, really showed out in his first action, even in the Boston College game, uh, showed up in a big way in a Notre, in, against Notre Dame, one of the best defenses and best teams in the country as a true freshman, had essentially a perfect profile, even as a high school player, averaging like 18 yards per completion and putting up some really fun rushing numbers as well. And I don't know if you guys remember, he actually dethroned the guy who was supposed to be the star of the quarterback one Netflix series back in the day when he was 15 years old going into his sophomore season. He dethroned a uh, returning state champion uh, at St. John Bosco in the Trinity League, basically the top notch uh, high school program uh, division in all of high school football. So he's been a star just like Trevor Lawrence, just like Justin Fields, since he was really age 15. And he's already on that trajectory to be in the first round of the NFL draft in 2023. And I think his ceiling is basically through the roof. Imagine Cam Newton with way, way better accuracy. That is DJ Uyangale. So pick number three. Thoughts on that before we move on? I Yeah, I think that's the to me it's a no-brainer i considered him at one even but i just didn't want to pass what we have right now so i don't know if you got anything shane i mean look i i love him i think he's an athletic rushing ben roethlisberger i think there's a lot he can do um so i think for upside it's a really good pick um i don't know i don't know if i could take him in in a draft like this two years out you gotta wait uh and there's always a lot that can go wrong right and i think that's always the tricky part with debbie uh, we've definitely seen it. So I'm not sure if I could take him over some of the guys on the board, but I definitely understand the upside in the pick. 
Yeah, and for me, I'm like the, the next three quarterbacks that I really, I mean, in, in this in this class, I really like Trey, Trey Lance, but there are m- way more questions with his profile than I think we even have now with DJ Uyangle. Seriously, like if you if you put the resumes up next to each other, like Trey Lance has way more questions. I think uh, just given his level of competition and uh, lackluster, even in his one game last year against Central Arkansas, there are a lot of questions with him. So he's in a great spot. But I'm going to go with DJU. So I'm curious, though, who Dwight is going to go with at pick four now that I've sniped his guy. Uh, yeah. You talk about a curveball there. I'm going to go Bijan. Screw it. I, I really love Bijan Robinson. I think he's got the capability to be the next great, great running back. You know, the six foot 220 catches passes, you know, now is going to be the focal part of a Steve Starkeesian offense. And I just, I love his upside, what he can bring. He's a complete back. I think he's going to be you know, what we wanted Saquon to be, what we wanted, you know, Saquon might still get there. I understand, but I have my worries about the injuries and the giants offense and things like that. But I just, I love B. John Robinson. I think I've seen him in some of these Debbie and C to C drafts go one one over, you know, everybody. And, and I mean, that shows you everybody's a little nuts over this kid. So yeah, I just, I'm, I'm going to grab him at one Oh four. I it's crazy in a super flex. I think a little bit with Howell Radler, you know, everybody on the board still, you know, the quarterbacks came out this year, too. So I'm going to get one of them at 107. I'll take Bijan at 104. Wow. Somebody somebody just, like, screamed at the podcast, like, right now. Probably. <laughs> like, wait, what did you say about Saquon? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of out on him. And it's a whole yeah. other show. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, no, it's, I love that. I mean, just going for your guy. I mean, that's, that's what's weird about when you mix these two worlds, especially I know some leagues do it this way. Uh, a lot of mine do it separate because I play in college at Canton formats where they're basically two side-by-side separate leagues. But a lot of Debbie leagues kind of mix it up like this since they'll have uh, Debbie players, uh, current college guys mixed in with the rookies. And so, uh, you, you know, it, it, I think this helps a lot when we're talking about trades. And and because of how you value Bijan, uh, there's always going to be somebody that is high as you are on Bijan in a league, uh, just as they are. As you got somebody that's still believing that Saquon is, is going to be the, the top tier, top three back for the next three or four years. And you have guys that are like, no, man, I've got to go with the quarterback here. That's obvious. Like, so this is why we have these conversations. This is why we do these mock drafts to find these potential value gaps and where we disagree on these players. And for me, it's a little bit early for Bijan, but we'll see what Shane has to say here at 1.05. Look, I, I'll gladly take Trey Lance here at the five. Like, if you and and we, we've talked about, I don't disagree with you on his profile, Travis. I think there are some question marks in terms of what he's going to do, but you have to love the fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense in San Francisco, set up to be a player who can uh, make short passes to Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, and uh, and then run. And I think in fantasy football, Trey Lance can be a much better fantasy player than maybe even an NFL quarterback and work within that system. So I'll take a quarterback that has athletic upside and just went number three overall in the NFL draft than, say, a, a, a Debbie quarterback that a lot can happen in a year or two, like I said before, and I'd rather kind of have that insulated draft capital that, that I know I'm getting. No, and that, that absolutely makes sense. And for me in this class, Trey Lance is the third overall pick for me in Superflex formats. So I think getting him at pick five is an absolute steal by most uh, most people's rankings, maybe perhaps the consensus rate, ratings, just based on the opportunity that is most likely at hand with him. Um, you know, with, with the Shanahan offense, with a situation where it's just, it looks really, really good on paper. 
but uh, yeah, there's so many players still on the board that are interesting, both rookie and Debbie. And, and that's what's fun about mixing these two up. And it makes me kind of have to, to think about it because I, I was um, I was hoping I was actually going to get Trey Lance to drop to me here. Uh, but I'm actually going to go and stay because we're in a Superflex League. I'm actually going to stay uh, with quarterback, but I'm not going to go with Zach Wilson. I'm not going to go with Mac Jones. I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler because I don't think I'm going to get him at 1.09. And I do believe he's probably going to be the best bet for the first overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And and I know I really, I really like Sam Howe. I like a handful of other quarterbacks next year, but I think if we're betting on the, the safest bet to be the top guy next year, uh, I'm going to go and get that guy in Spencer Rattler because Oklahoma keeps churning these guys out. And uh, he, they're in a situation where the rest of the Big 12 is down. They're going to crush everyone all year long. And uh, they've got almost all their per- returning production. He's got one of the best wide receiver cores in, in the country. So Spencer Rattler, pick number six. Back to you, Dwight. Right. I was hoping you'd go there because I'll take Sam Howell at seven then. I see what everybody sees in Rattler. You know, the rushing upside. He will put up stupid, stupid numbers this year. I think he probably is a pretty, almost a lock for Heisman. He's just set up in the right situation. To me, Howell is a little bit safer of a prospect. Um, I've been watching all all of these 22, 2022 quarterbacks a lot lately. Been breaking down a lot of game tape and stuff. And to me, Howell is just, he's not as sexy. You know, he moves well. He's got a great arm. I think he anticipates, makes all the throws. He's, he's just, he feels like a safer quarterback to me. And I, I don't know, I love Sam Howell a ton. So he's my one in the class over Rattler, but it's a sliver. I mean, just a sliver. Both, I think any any team is going to be happy with either of these guys. So Rattler probably, you know, a little, maybe a little more upside, but I think Howell's safer. I'll take Howell here at 107. Nice. I, I'm curious, Shane, if you had to uh, make that selection between Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma and Sam Howell of North Carolina, uh, who you would have gone with there? I probably would take Rattler. I mean, I agree with Dwight. I think both are very good. I think that Rattler has that upside and with the traits, with with the big arm, with the arm strength, with the ability to throw down the field, and I think his ability in the pocket to kind of move outside the pocket a little bit, I, I think he's a little more insulated that teams will see the traits even if he doesn't do as well this season, that he's going to go very, very high. I think there's a possibility of Sam Howell if he struggles – that he could fall down boards. I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to do that. So I actually think in a lot of ways he is a little bit safer to get some high draft capital next year. And uh, Travis, I also agree with that. Oklahoma's just going to run the table. They're going to be super hard to beat. So you have to think that's going to play into it too. But I like them both. And I think uh, after that, I think next year's class is a big old mess. So uh, you want one of those two guys for sure. Yeah, and, and that's part of it too. Is just like, hey, what what asset or what player is probably the safest to get the capital? Sam, I mean, Sam Howell. I love his profile. I I'm a bit concerned though with him replacing essentially his, his entire set of skill uh, position players this year. He's, he's not going to have his uh, security blanket in Daz Newsome. He's not going to have his deep threat in Diami Brown. He's not going to have one two punch with Javante Williams and Michael Carter, who are both really good receiving backs. So that will be an interesting situation to monitor. I like the t- talent coming in, transfer of Ty Chandler, true freshman Kumaro Edmonds. I even love a couple of the young uh, wide receivers there still for North Carolina. But it feels like if I was going to bet on anybody to see a slight dip between the two, it would have been Hal. But Sh- Shane, over to you, the eight slot. What's your pick going to be there? 
So I think I'll take the first non-quarterback rookie here, and I'll take Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. We are doing a tight end premium, so I think that helps for him. And like, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Kyle Pitts guy. I'm not the Kyle Pitts is a, the, the best tight end ever as a rookie. He's gonna you know have over a thousand yards and have twelve touchdowns. I think he's a really really good pass catcher. I think he's a good talent. I, I think Atlanta will still use two tight ends, and he'll have his time where he needs to learn how to block a little bit better and might start slow. But but on our podcast in the Debbie Marketplace, we're all about value. And I think Kyle Pitts is one of those players whose value is not going to go down. You know, if he struggles as a rookie, people say, well, that's what happens with tight ends. And probably at the end of the season, he's probably going to be the tight end one in Dynasty, no matter what, almost no matter what he does. Travis Kelsey be 33. Uh, George Kittle is always going to be this injury concern. So in some some leagues, he already is. So I, I think Kyle Pitts is at 108. Is, uh, is a nice bet to take, and no matter what happens, I think his trade value is going to be pretty high in your league, and that's going to be something you can hang your hat on. Nice. I like it. So, so far, we have, let's see, we got one, two, three, four rookies and four Devi future players, uh, three guys in the, the 20, uh, actually two guys in the 2023 class, two guys in the 2022 class, and four in this year's rookie class. Over at pick nine, there are several directions I could go. Now, I'm still in the camp that Travis Etienne is going to be the best running back in this putrid massive class at the position. And uh, I might surprise people with taking him over a couple other names here. But I'm going to go with a, a guy who has three back-to-back-to-back, 1,500 yards from scrimmage seasons, and going into play with his former college teammate who just sent 14% of the receiving yard market share his way just a year ago uh, to be a really high upside receiving back that also can be an absolute monster on the ground long-term uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So pick nine, Travis Etienne. Any thoughts on that? Because there are several running backs still good on the board. Dwight. No, I, I wouldn't do it, but you know, <laughs> I still, I love ETN still as well. I think he's going to a pretty good situation, but I don't, I don't know if I could take him there with what's on the board, but yeah, why not? Shoot your shot, baby. What do you think Shane? Uh, look, I, I have ETN above, uh, above all the running backs. He's my number one, in this class too. So um, I'm not sure if I would quite, uh, quite have the, uh, fortitude to take him over <laughs> everyone else uh yeah, in, this, in this class like travis does committed but, you know that, that's why travis is the host that's why he's the best so you yeah I, be I can just I, I, agree. I can just edit out any any takes that i disagree with anyway so <laughs> <laughs> so uh so the, yeah this is going great and right, listen, yeah. anyway dwight you're up next uh pick Tran. Right, who's who's your guy I'm going to take Jamar Chase here. I mean, I do think uh, I do like the situation as a Bengals fan. I was initially when I heard that they were rumbling about taking him, I was like off the wall, just insanely pissed. Like, why would we do that when Sewell's on the board, you know, but I've, I've grown to come to the conclusion that that might've been, you know, the best route. I I don't know. Either way. I do like Jamar Chase a lot. I think his rapport, his, his connection with Burrow is going to be beneficial for the offense and him as to grow as a prospect. I wouldn't be surprised to see him hitting the ground running this year with the thousand yards, eight touchdowns. You know, he's going to be a monster. Um, I'm not as worried about separation, things like that. I think these things that I hope he worked on over these last year, but I just love him with the ball in his hand. He, I don't think you can deny what he can do on the field. I mean, he's just a monster. And I'm hoping that, you know, that that connection also 
you know, that Joe knows where he's going to be in the first half second because that's all he's going to have time to throw the ball. So <laughs> I'm hoping that he knows, you know, that Jamar is going to be here. But because you saw a lot of that at LSU, LSU's offensive line even during that season was not the greatest. Like there were times where Burrow would have to just dump off quick to Jamar and Jamar just, just or, gone. Or dump off so, to Clyde Edwards Hilaire even. And uh, he'd make a guy yeah. miss, miss like in a really tight window. And yeah, it, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Jamar Chase, I mean, the, the clear and consensus wide receiver one in this class, you really can't go wrong. I, I'm sure our listeners think I'm insane and think we're insane for letting that kind of player drop to pick 10 anyway. So getting him here <laughs> is an absolute value, almost inarguably so. So Shane, o- over to you. Who are you going to pick with pick 11? Uh, I, I guess I will begrudgingly take Najee Harris, the running back from the Pittsburgh Steelers here <laughs> begrudgingly. at the 111. I think Najee Harris is good. I think he's really good. I do have a fear of him being a much older player on the field than everyone else in college football last year and dominating in that way. But being here in Pittsburgh, the owner wants to run more. They built the whole draft around the run game. Uh, he's going to get 300 touches easy for the next five years, I think, in this system if he stays healthy. And so even if he's not maybe as effective as he looked this past season at Alabama, uh, if he is as effective as he looked two years ago at Alabama, that's still going to be fantasy production. It's still going to be at worst case RB2 numbers. So I, I think he's well worth it here at the 111 to take that player in. To be honest with you, after him at running back uh, in this draft, even with Debbie's involved, I don't know if there's any other running back that I feel super confident in saying, oh, this is a definite first-round pick and is going to definitely get that capital. Uh, so I like that as well for Najee, and um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take that there. You'll begrudgingly take 300 touches this year. <laughs> If you you twist my arm, I'll take 300 touches on the Steelers this year. It it will be interesting just to watch and and see if if they're, uh, you know, how how he responds to, you know, getting hit behind the line on basically half his carries when he's been getting used to like, hey, here's three free yards because we're freaking Alabama. And so, uh, you know, I I think he's he's big enough and strong enough and and good enough, even as a receiver, that he's going to bring immense value for at least two years. And anymore, it feels like that's all you can bet for these running backs. So Najee Harris, pick 11. I like it, Shane. Uh, I'm going to go back to the future NFL players and uh, go back to that well and get my dude. I'm wearing a War Eagle hat right now, so I have to. I can't be wearing my War Eagle hat on this show and not take Tank freaking Bigsby. Cartavius Tank Bigsby, that is. Uh, so that dude, Auburn, Auburn last year. Uh, needed a playmaker to step up because they couldn't get anything done with their putt-putt offense. And Bo Nix is terrible. Uh, and and it didn't matter. Like Tank Bigsby was basically the best all-purpose weapon out of all the true freshmen in the entire country. Uh, putting up over a 1,000 yards all-purpose last year as a true freshman. This year, Brian Harson comes in from Boise State. That dude doesn't care who his running back is. He's like, hey, man, uh, can you carry the ball and you're in my backfield? Here's 25 touches a game. Go have fun. And so like when you take an an NFL future first round talent at the position and you mix it with that workload against some of the toughest competition in the league and in the entire country, Tank Bigsby is going to have the best opportunity to be the running back one uh, in the 2023 NFL draft out of anyone in college football. So at the end of round one, I will confidently take Tank Bigsby there as a player that I still have ranked over Bijan Robinson. Any, Any thoughts on that? As Dwight shakes his head. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have your moment. 
<laughs> I, I know I did. Yeah, maybe I don't agree, but I, I do like Tank quite a bit, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Fair enough. I'm okay with taking. I'm okay with taking him at one twelve without the slander on Bijan. So hey, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, eight picks later, I'm fine with that. But it is it, it, so? Yeah, here just to sum up round one, we've got seven rookies from this class, and we have five future NFL stars that are still in college football. We got Trevor Lawrence, uh, quarterback. Now with the Jacksonville, I almost said Clemson, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Justin Fields with the Bears, DJ Uyunglele with Clemson still, Bijan Robinson at Texas, Trey Lance uh, with the 49ers, Spencer Rattler with Oklahoma, Sam Howell in North Carolina, Kyle Pitts, the dude, the the once in a generation apparently tied in for the Falcons, Travis Etienne with the Jaguars, Jamar Chase with Dwight Sad Bengals. And uh, Najee Harris with uh, no longer with Alabama, but with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tank Bigsby with Auburn. And we'll continue with the second and third rounds in lightning formation on the other side. But first, a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so we made it through one round. Seven rookies, five Debbie slash college players already selected. Kicking off round two, we are back up top with Dwight on the clock. So who are you taking here? Oh, man, let's just go totally crazy on this, man. My wide receiver one in Debbie is currently Traylon Burks, and I just oh absolutely love this goodness. guy. <laughs> yeah, that's Woo. who I'm going to take. Hot, I'm hot takes take coming Traylon in. freaking Burks, baby. I think what he does at 6'3 and 235 pounds is just stupid ridiculous. I mean, he's on a team that I wish he had a team that would have like a really good quarterback, you know, like Bo Nix or something, you know, a team that could throw him the ball and like just really feed this guy. Because, I mean, the fact that he got 820 yards and seven touchdowns with I – I couldn't even tell you who Arkansas's quarterback was last year. Felipe and Franks, baby. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I already <laughs> forgot. See? Yeah. Anyways, I just I love that alpha dog mentality. I love the get at the ball. It's mine. The strength, the power. I just absolutely love watching him play. Is he as technically refined as other guys on this list? No. Does he? You know, he does need to work on route running things like that. So did DK Metcalf. I mean, yeah. we're good. We're yeah. He's just he's just a monster, and I, I think he's got of all the guys in my wide receiver rankings, he's got the highest upside. I realize he also has probably you know he has questions. But I just I love Traylon Burks and I will take him at two oh one. Nice. And I will let you guys say I'm crazy. I'm fine. We're all good. Yes, you're crazy, but I love it. Six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds, runs really fast. I mean, the NFL looks like they're leaving the train with uh team big wide receiver. But at the same time, I mean 
He has that crazy upside, and they used him as like a big slot quite a bit of the time, and he did kind of have a limited route tree even out of the slot, but it doesn't matter, dude. It looks like they're going to use him just in, in a way that, that he just absolutely is a matchup nightmare, and I think the NFL could do the same. So I, I think if he gets the capital, he could absolutely go off, and I believe uh, you said it best with the upside might be the highest with him. He has a lot of questions. But uh, if he's your wide receiver, one, got to go with him. So over to you, Shane, 2.02, second pick of the second round. Who are you going to take? It's it's an easy pick for me. I feel like uh, I'm being forced in this draft to take a bunch of guys I don't really like that much, but uh, have good value. But if you, if you told me there's a Debbie quarterback out there that was going to be drafted second overall in the NFL draft, I don't care how good they are, I would take them. So give me Zach Wilson, quarterback for the New York Jets here. If, if, if a quarterback's going second overall, I'm not the – once again, I feel like I've said this for every player I've taken. Not the biggest Zach Wilson fan. Uh, the one year of really good production, the year before with the injury was was very tenuous, and I definitely have some questions. But I, I will take a, a player who has that big draft capital, who has has a big arm, and you know looks the part and, and, and ran the offense in college that he's going to play in in the NFL. He's at least going to be very familiar with that. He's going to be comfortable. Um, so I do like that. And in the second round, I think it's well worth a shot in the Superflex League to take Zach Wilson and, and, and get that big upside. Yeah, I, I like that too. I mean, that's a value. You know, getting a guy that, like you said, second pick overall in this year's draft, that seems like a steal at the beginning of the second round, second pick in the second round. So hard to knock that kind of value. I'm going to go back to, and I keep doing this, I don't know why I am, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to go back to the college side, and I'm going to go with Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Uh, many people believe he's going to be the running back one in next year's class, and uh, there's not really a super long list of guys that I'm super, really confident in at the running back position left this year or next year, frankly. And so Brees Hall, uh, re- returning a bunch of pieces on that offense, I was really concerned about that offensive line last year as they were replacing a ton of starters. They really uh, overachieved in every way and returned just about everybody, every face again uh, to be a really solid offensive line for Brees Hall to dominate. And really, I mean, there was only one running back who outproduced him last year, and that was, who is it, Shane? Najee Harris. So (laughs) Brees Hall coming in as a running back one for the 2022 NFL draft. That's going to be my pick here at the 2.03. Back to you, Dwight. All right, you guys are also forcing me into a corner where I feel like I'm building this team that's going to be a powerhouse in five years. I may not win as much right now, but darn it. But I'm going to take Keishon Boutte here. He's my wide receiver too. I, I love, I'm going to build this team wide receiver around these two, these three guys, my quarterbacks. We're, we're good with Howell and Trevor Lawrence, but I'm going to take Boutte. Is it? Yeah, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I always feel I always feel dirty when I say it, but uh, Keishon Boutte, man, like he he's just the man. Uh, he's six six foot one eighty five, but I think he's got room to grow. He's he plays so much like Jamar Chase, the way he can take over a game like he did. Um, trying to find who was that game he played at the last last game of the season where he had like three hundred and eighty yards receiving or some crazy crap. Yeah, he- uh, was it Miss Ole Miss? Yeah, I mean. He showed what he can do. Hopefully they stabilize the quarterback room there in LSU LSU for him. But, yeah, 308 yards, three touchdowns against Ole Miss. So I, he has the ability to do that to a game. I just There's so much to like about him. He's a complete guy that's just going to get better. So I'll take my wide receiver, too, and Debbie here. Yeah, at least so, you don't call him booty like sign. somebody else who's probably going to listen to this show. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Shane, guy has heard it his yeah, whole life. Poor guy. Shane, I mean, Shane might <laughs> know the guy. Uh, he might He might know that guy. Uh, but Shane, over to you at pick 2.05, 17th oh, yeah. overall pick 
in the draft. Who's going to be your guy? And by the way, I do like the value there, Dwight, quite a bit. Uh, well, you know, I'll finally take a Debbie player. I haven't yet. Uh, so I'll might finally as well. take one here. Yeah, I might as well just join join the crew here. I think there, there's one more quarterback in the college ranks worth taking, and I'm going to take Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama. Now, now we haven't seen him much uh, last season with Mac Jones being as successful as he was, but I think we have to trust the Alabama system. You have to trust the high recruiting ranking of Bryce Young. Uh, and now Alabama having a really athletic uh, run quarterback who has some upside. I have some questions on size. I have some questions on how much is the NFL really going to like him. But uh, I'll kind of trust the Alabama gravy train to keep rolling with two quarterbacks in the past two drafts going in the top 15. And Bryce Young is going to get two years under his belt. Um, so it's a little bit of a projection, but a player that I think has a ton of upside um, to take here in the second round. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. And as I've been digging into uh, really uh, quite a bit recently, uh, the top tier pedigree quarterbacks, uh, really any position, uh, that's your best bet when it comes to meeting draft capital expectations and really around one draft capital that oftentimes goes to the top 25 players inside any recruiting class. And we're seeing the recruiting services get better and better every single draft cycle and every single recruiting cycle at finding these guys and recognizing, hey, this is an NFL draft prospect. And Bryce Young looks the part already. Uh, and really, it was it was a surprise to many that Mac Jones didn't actually lose his job to the K last year. So Bryce Young uh, looks like he could be in that conversation, just like all the other Alabama quarterbacks. So I like that value for you here. And I'm really kind of realizing I need to shuffle my boards around just a little bit as I as I go down my list here. But I'm going to go back to the 2021 class of rookies and get really the final running back that I'm super confident in uh, in, in terms of having long-term uh, fantasy viability and start-worthy start, start worthy, you know, workload. Uh, I'm not really worried about Melvin Gordon or you guys. I, I, I don't really... I'm not really worried about him long term. I feel like five years ago, his knees were falling apart. So Javante Williams is going to be my pick here at 2.06, 18 picks into the draft. And I get the running back three in this rookie class. feel like that's a pretty good value. Any thoughts there about Javante Williams from either of you? I definitely considered him with, with that last pick. I mean, I think that he's that top of round two, like top 50 draft capital is essentially the same as round one for running backs. I don't think you're losing anything there. And I agree. I think he'll be the guy by midseason cam Akers like get get and once he's there i mean this guy's 20 years old like he's still yeah. learning and developing the sky's the limit yeah one of the youngest yeah, players in this draft yeah it was 100 percent where i was going with the next pick so nice um, good to snipe you so back to you dwight <laughs> pick seven in round two all right i'll go with my rb1 in the 2022 class that's isaiah spiller from texas a&m uh, another big old back six one two twenty. i love those big guys that can do everything you know runs for power has good agility and still catch the ball. Um, I just think he does everything really well. He still miss it. He doesn't have the top end athleticism, you know, that you want, but I don't think Brees Hall does either. You know, both guys have a lot to like about them. They're the one A, one B in twenty twenty two. I think everybody kind of has those two guys at the top. Um, for me, I just like Spiller a little bit more, and I'll take him here to 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 build my monstrous team with monstrous running backs and monstrous quarterback or wide receivers. So yeah, and and basically none this for. year. So <laughs> you and yeah. me, man, we keep on going with these college future plays uh, for the most part. Yeah. But uh, I do like that quite a bit. And some people 
uh, including Fred Spiller, who definitely listens to the show, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not even joking, though. He'll find you on Twitter if you say something positive about his son, and he will follow you. If you say something negative, he'll also find you, so watch it. But uh, Isaiah Spiller, (laughs) man, that that guy, yeah, he's definitely going to be in the running back one conversation next year. Uh, Really... uh, struggled in his first year against SEC competition, but cleaned it up entirely against an all-SEC spread last year. So I'm way more confident in predicting NFL success for him now. But Shane, back to you. Pick eight in round two. Well, I'm going to go back to the rookies here, and I'm going to take Jalen Waddle, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Just getting top six draft capital. I think he's much better than Henry Ruggs was in terms of how I rated them. I think Waddle can do a little bit of everything and, and still has that explosive ability down on the field. So I hope they use them correctly. Cause I think if they do, uh, we could really be looking back and, and, you know, wonder why he wasn't in that conversation, which March chase at the time. So uh, I'm excited for the potential with him. And I think once again, to get a receiver, there's not really a college receiver left that I feel like is definitely going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. So I'll take one that was. Yep, I, I like that a lot. Getting a player that's that, that slides that was a top ten pick in this year's draft, and I'm going to go to that uh, that same team. Stick with uh, the, the Alabama Crimson Tide here and go with Devonte Smith here at the 2.09, dropping to the 21st overall pick. A player that uh, you know just won the Heisman at wide receiver seems kind of silly to drop to pick 21. A really really good value. Uh, when you mix the Debbie world and the rookie world together. So uh, any thoughts there? Because I feel like it gets to a point where we are, you know, we're reaching a point where uh, values are less certain at this point. So I'm curious just to which direction you guys start to go here, uh, whether it's rookie uh, in the safety of, you know, some capital this year or, you know, into the future of, of the Debbie market. Because, I mean, even on, on both sides, it feels like there's some question marks now. Dwight, over to you at pick 10. Right. Yeah. This is kind of where, I mean, if this was a real, a real draft, you know, this is kind of where I would also start the 2021 wide receiver class comes in, you know, the depth and the safety of so many of these guys, you know, is, is now where I'm happy taking these guys, you know, whereas earlier I was taking more of the upside guys for me, I've got this monstrous team. I need someone fast. So I'm going to take Rondale Moore right here. I just, I still think he's, is being slept on. I, I'm not worried at all about the size. You know, I'm just, I know what he can do on the field when he has the ball in his hands. The other dude's just a physical freak. Uh, I love that he went to Arizona. I think that's an underrated landing spot. I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to find ways to use him. He's going to give that offense a whole new element that's going to make that offense incredibly, incredibly dangerous. So I'm hoping that he's as good for fantasy as I think he can be, but I could also see him being more, you know, better for NFL than, than for fantasy. But I, I'm still hopeful that he will be awesome for fantasy. And I, I just I love Ron Dale. He's one of the guys I'm really, really rooting for. Yeah, man, he had like a perfect production profile after his true freshman season. He could have just basically sat out both years after that and probably still gotten capital because he was so ridiculous, right. even even coming into college. So uh, he was one of those players I was really worried about the landing spot because if you went to an, a, a non-creative offensive mind or a system that didn't utilize wide receivers quite enough and didn't throw the ball enough, uh, I think I'd worry. But yeah, I, I like that landing spot a lot. So I know the, the, my fellow Rotoviz family is is fond of that pick, Dwight. So uh, Shane, over to you. That pick, tw- uh, pick 2.11 in round two. 
Well, after after going almost all rookies, I'm going to go all the way to the other end and take the uh, the youngest player in terms of class in this draft. I'm going to pop the cherry on the 2024 class, and I'm going to take uh, Travion Henderson, the running back from Ohio State. Nice. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I think Travis's uh, recent uh, look at, at draft capital matching with those recruiting rankings um, kind of swung me. To him, because I feel like he's going to follow a similar trajectory to Bijan Robinson, where uh, he's not maybe the starter day one, um, but Master Teague isn't very good. Like Yonta Ingram wasn't very good, and by midseason, Ohio State's going to see that, put him in, and I think he's just going to dominate. And so may- maybe in a year, if we do this again, uh, maybe Travion Henderson will be a top five pick in this draft. And, and to me, that that is uh, a potential that I'll take a chance on here in the late second round. I like that. I, I was wondering when that was going to happen. Uh, I think uh, especially because of what we found and, and what I found in research uh, just with these top, uh, you know, 25, top 35, basically five star guys and how that has especially recently led to draft capital. If you look at the last five uh, draft cycles, like uh, draft uh, recruiting classes with draft eligibility, uh, all the basically top 25 players in their respective classes, 68 percent of them got drafted, which is insane. If you look at, you know, every span from like 2002 to 2016, all those classes, it's a little bit lower, like 57, 58%. But still, it's it's a really safe bet that you're going to get an, an upside play. And uh, it looks like he's just the running back one by a pretty wide margin. <laughs> so Trevion Henderson, 2.11, feels like a steal right there. I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs of Georgia Tech, a player that I believe is on an easy trajectory to be a top 50 overall pick in the NFL draft for 2023. Uh, he came in and dominated as a true freshman uh, at a program that was rebuilding and was this, the center point, the focus of that offense, and is going to be so for two more years. Uh, so I think he's going to be an easy coasting top 50 pick in 2023. Getting him at the end of round two, that feels like a really good value. Back to kick off round three and lightning round. Definitely fly through these picks here. Dwight, who you got? Pick one in round three. <laughs> I wanted Gibbs. So I'll just take my wide receiver three and Debbie. I already have one and two. So why don't I take the wide receiver three? I'll take Garrett Wilson from Ohio state. It's his team this year to lead, um, be the alpha dog there. Um, I like a lot of what he does as well. Um, as he's, they've played him a lot in the slot. I think he's going to get a chance to play on the outside this year, really show what he can do is opposite Olave. So I, lo- I just, I love Garrett Wilson as an, another complete guy, you know, that can really, do just about anything on the football field from a wide receiver standpoint. I'll take him at 301. Nice. I like that. Uh, th- that would have definitely been a, a pick of mine pretty soon. Shane, over to you. Uh, I'll take Mac Jones uh, here in, in round three. I'll take a quarterback with top 15 draft capital. And once again, I might not be the biggest fan of Mac Jones, but if he's a starting quarterback in the NFL in the Superflex League. I want him on my team for sure. Yeah, I mean, getting a, a legit already first round pick in round three of uh, of any draft is a pretty nice value, especially when we're uh, entering this space where quarterbacks are at least questionable in terms of pro- projecting their future capital in this range. I mean, there's like a dozen guys that I, be, I feel like people are putting in the quarterback three conversation for next year and uh, a few in the 2023 conversation. But uh, yeah, getting that hit, that value pick 3.02 feels great right there for Mac Jones. I'm going to go with David Bell, Purdue Boilermaker, uh, one of the only two relevant Boilermakers in the past two decades. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> David Bell. It looks like he could e- even be per- perhaps better 
than Rondale Moore in one day. Uh, really just coming in and stepping up when Rondale Moore went down with injury two years ago and then did it again last fall, being the only good thing going for the Purdue offense last fall again. So in the, the top five wide receivers, just lock lock it in next spring for sure for the 2022 guys. So that's my pick, 3.03. Over to you, Dwight, pick four in round three. All right, I'll take my 2021 wide receiver three, Rashad Bateman. I don't exactly love the Baltimore landing spot, but I do think that he adds an element that they don't have, that they have not had, you know, that they didn't have a good possession type receiver that can do everything as well as Bateman can. Like, he's a great route runner, great hands, wins early separation, does everything really, really well. And I just think he gives that offense something different. And let's see if Lamar can use him right. So I'll, I'll take him at this point. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, it's one of those players we might look look back on this and be like, man, we didn't draft him because because like you know Ravens, and then things changed finally, yep. and they started passing, and we we look silly because he basically had a perfect pro- profile and first round capital. Every basically every box checked, and we just let him slide. Mm-hmm. So Shane, Shane, over to you. Pick five in round three. I'm going to take Eric Gray, running back from Oklahoma, a transfer from Tennessee. Uh, I'm just a big fan of his talent. I think Tennessee has been kind of a mess uh, just in general, and he still persisted, still uh, did well. I think he's going to be the RB1 there and maybe split some time with Kennedy Brooks. But I I think Gray's going to show out, and I think he has a shot to go early second round of the NFL draft. And like we talked about with Javante Williams, that would be good enough. So I'm, I'm projecting a little bit, but I'm really hopeful for him to have a big season this year. Nice. I like it. And I I mean, that opportunity is just sitting there, just staring us right in the face. We just saw Ramondre Stevenson get nearly 900 yards from scrimmage in his final six games in that Oklahoma offense. And so if they feed him at all, like like we believe they could, uh, we all think Eric Gray is a day two back and Ramondre Stevenson just went round four. Uh, so Eric Gray, like getting him in that value, and he could spike. And he, if he does have a great, crazy finish to his profile, he could end up being what? What, what do you think his, his, his ceiling is draft capital-wise, Shane? Oh, I think late first round, if, if he has that type of production and athletically, I'm not 100% sure how he'll test, um, but I think it could be good enough for a, you know late round one with a really big year. So I think that's probably his ceiling. Okay, well, either way, even if he's not like a super high day – you know, day one pick, even like a super early day, day two pick, getting him in the middle of round three at this at this rate. I feel like he's a lock for day two next year, so it feels pretty safe. I'm going to go over to my dude, Elijah Moore. Uh, I, he's just a guy that kept on rising up my boards throughout Debbie ranking process and, and really all throughout this rookie process. I was like, man, this dude just has checked, just like Rashad Bateman, he's checked just about every box. And even from a film standpoint, he went from being this limited slot option to Elaine Kiffin's offense being a really efficient outside guy when asked to be and dominating the entire route tree from the slot. So I think he could be that security blanket for Zach Wilson very early on, the volume guy that that offense sorely is going to need uh, right away. So Dwight, over to you at pick seven in round three. Down to the final six picks here. Do you have screen sharing on? Because you're like stealing my freaking picks. It's pissing <laughs> Good. me off. Good. Um, like it that way. Well, <laughs> there's a bunch of 2022 quarterbacks that can be in the mix here. Um, I'm tempted to take a 2023 guy. Um, I'll go with Carson Strong. Uh, he's my quarterback three next year. 
I think he's due for, he's a guy that can make that rise, you know, like that Zach Wilson type of rise. I uh, love his size, love what he can do that Nevada offense. Good arm, good throws with great anticipation. I just, I'm a big Carson Strong fan. I'll take a shot at him, 307. That That is interesting because um, in my kind of like uh, adjusted yards per pass attempt over expected model that I've been building, adjusting for a, cu- mm-hmm. a couple uh, schematic variables, uh, play action percentage included, being a heavy weight there. Uh, Nevada's scheme is weird. They just don't like calling play action at all. They don't like to help their right. quarterback make plays at all. They're just like, hey, dude, can you just go win us the game? We have no personnel outside of our tight end, so please do something. <laughs> and uh, so Carson Strong could be one that, you know, though he doesn't look like super flashy, uh, he just does everything right, keeps the offense on schedule, and has some arm strength as well. So I, I like that. If you're going to go bet on your guy at the end of near the end of round three, Carson Strong, keep a name, keep his name in your back pocket for sure. Shane, pick eight in round three. I'm going to take Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. I was a really big fan of his in college. I was a big fan of his in high school, actually. I have him in a ton of leagues, um, but drafting high school players. Um, and I think if it wasn't for the, the leg injury in high school, the, the ankle injury, that he goes a lot higher in the NFL draft as well. So to me, uh, I, I think he has that kind of alpha profile. He played his junior year when we had Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, he played almost all the snaps in the outside. Last year he took the Justin Jefferson role, played in the in the slot almost all the snaps. He can do both. I like those type of players. I think Carolina finds a way to utilize him and actually has a pretty good offense this year. So I'm, I'm going to take Terrace Marshall. And, and I think – I think wide receiver one potential is there for him in the NFL. And, and I'll, I like taking that shot this late. Yeah. Terrace Marshall getting paired up with his uh, college offensive coordinator and Joe Brady uh, just, you know, and, and led all of college football and t- touchdown percentage for basically like over a dozen games, despite fighting through injury. Uh, and Terrace Marshall is a guy I definitely am finding is, is a value in rookie drafts this year. And somebody that I am ending up with quite a bit of, because I'm still just like you, Shane, very confident and his ability to be uh, an, an alpha wide receiver in an NFL offense. Uh, so pick nine, my second to last pick here, uh, third third round and pick nine here, Chris Olave, Ohio State. Getting him as, as late as I am, way later than Garrett Wilson, feels pretty good right here. I think this is about the spot where he was probably going to get drafted if he was in the 2021 NFL draft class, right? I think a lot of people thought that he'd go in that Terrace Marshall range, that Elijah Moore range, that kind of tier of wide receiver had he entered the draft this year. Still, I think a top five wide receiver in my book uh, next year uh, in, in 2022 NFL draft class and is probably going to dominate with whichever quarterback they end up going with for the Buckeyes this year. My bet is on C.J. Stroud who still might go off the board here here soon. Who knows? But Chris Olave uh, here at pick nine, round three, feels like an absolute steal. Over to you, Dwight, with your last pick in this draft. All right, I'm going to take George Pickens. It'll give me four of my top five receivers. I'm a little worried about him being a big, dumb cockapoo-poo head and not being very mature. And obviously the injury added on top of this now. So he's a five, I mean, that five-star, almost, you know, nine, nine, eight point four percentile. I mean, the dude's a, bo- a monster when he's on the field. Just a matter of getting him on the field, getting his head straight. Obviously, there's some questions, but at this point in the draft, to take if there were not those questions, he would be the wide receiver one in this class. Why not? I'll take a shot at 310. Yeah, George Pickens is somebody that could be an absolute steal if he comes back and uh, is anything like he was before the uh, ACL injury this year. He, he probably just 
pieces out. I mean, that's where I am. I think he's probably just going to prep for the NFL draft now, end up declaring early. Uh, you know, when he wasn't having something called a Dewan Mathis or a Stetson Bennett throwing in the ball, he was actually incredible. His numbers tripled <laughs> when he uh, saw JT Daniels take the field. So even the adjusted like efficiency numbers just through the roof when he actually had, you know, something with two arms throwing, throwing the ball his way. So I really believe... George Pickens, I'm right there with you. He can bounce back. He's still up in my top-tier wide receivers for next year's draft. Shane, over to you. Last pick for you. Pick 11 in round three. Yeah, I'm going to go off the board uh, a little bit, and we're still in a tight end premium, so I'm going to take my number one tight end uh, for the 2022 class, and that's Jalen Watermeyer, the tight end for Texas A&M. Uh, I, f- I feel like everyone just wants to talk up uh, Jalil Billingsley from Alabama and his athleticism, or Jeremy Ruckert and at Ohio State, and like Jalen Watermeyer's been – he was is pretty much the number one receiver for Texas A&M last year. Uh, he's dominated since he stepped on the field as a freshman when Baylor Cup – the, the guy with the accolades coming into tight end for Texas A&M couldn't get on the field because of injuries. Uh, I think Weidermeyer has everything that you'll want. And I, I think if uh, if you can get the top tight end in the class at this point in a tight end premium draft, I'll take my shot. And I think he's going to be the guy. I like it. Yeah, man. In a tight end premium, we, we basically only took Kyle Pitts before now. So getting the guy who looks to be the lock as the tight end one next year seems like a no-brainer. Probably a, a slight oversight for us. I mean, I I, I definitely tend to wait on tight ends uh, in, in terms of Debbie leagues. And rookie, I don't like to invest super high draft capital. But it looks like it's him and then a bunch of dudes. Like, I mean, I've, there's like five or six other guys that I like as maybe day two tight ends. But Jalen Weidermeyer's in his own tier next year, you know? So... I like that pick, uh, even if it does, like you said, feel like you're going off the board a little bit in terms of average draft position and tight end premium. Just go get him, you know, uh, just he might be a, a really valuable uh, player next year. For me, I'm going to go bet on a player that I was really high on in the process and really every recruiting service and everybody who's followed uh, high school football and college recruiting for years has been high on him. Zachary Evans went to TCU, had the strangest just most frankly embarrassing uh, recruiting journey last year. Just, uh, just no idea why he was so back and forth and non-committal. Uh, if you want to, you know, like take notes on how not to do a recruiting, uh, that that was probably Zachary Evans last year. Uh, goes to TCU and last year they fiddle around with him and don't mess with even getting him on the field for the first few weeks. They finally down the stretch are like, oh yeah, you're like a five-star running back and you're way better than anything we have. They put him on the field and he's like, oh, hey guys, what's up? Eight yards per carry. And so I think, uh, you know, that we just saw his his best competition for touches uh, enter the transfer portal in Darwin Barlow uh, just this past week. And so I think he may be reading the tea leaves and seeing that, okay, I'm no longer the guy. This is Zachary Evans' show. And so we may see for the, for the first time since LaDainian Tomlinson, a TCU running back, actually score a fantasy point in the NFL uh, three, uh, you know, two, three years from now with uh, Zachary Evans. I think he could be a, a rising name and could be a top five pick next year, depending on how this fall goes. Any, any closing thoughts on Zachary Evans as the 36th pick in this draft before we close things out, guys? I, you can't you can't beat that upside. I, I had definitely have some some fear of of his personality and and what that's going to do. But like you said, he he's going to get all the carries. He's super talented. And like we talked about the Big Twelve, uh, those defenses are not good. So Zachary Evans should be able to dominate and uh, make a name for himself for sure. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. Any, any thoughts, closing thoughts on, the, on on values as we went here, Dwight, that you saw or any other names that kind of stood out that you're surprised were not called in this draft? No, I think I did pretty perfect. Um, that's all. <laughs> um, here yeah, nice self, honest, honest self-assessment, self-aware. <laughs> Something totally. like that. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Anything from you, Shane, or did you also have a perfect draft? <laughs> uh, I look, I never feel like I have a perfect draft. So uh, I'm on the opposite. Um, no, look, I was surprised that uh, no one took a shot at some of the other rookie running backs, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, um, you know, even without the, the, top draft capital and then um I, a little surprise uh Keenan Slovitz the quarterback from USC who if we did this a year ago would probably have been a top 10 pick uh completely off the board in three rounds uh with, with just how poor his arm looked last year so th- that's an interesting one maybe to keep an eye on on what he does this year and if he can kind of redeem himself yeah, and it's just interesting just to see how how front heavy we were with the rookies taking seven in the first round, and then for the rest of the draft we took like nine guys that were actually rookies. Uh, very quickly we just uh, deferred to the future and said, "Look, I don't want to take a chance on these later round ru- running backs." Like you know, Michael Carter. At the end of the day, you know, he might be whatever running back five in this class, but he's a day three running back, and so we're we're, we're aiming higher, I guess, in many cases. And I think that's what you have to do. That's what that's what makes it interesting when we mix Debbie and rookie together because we're shooting for the stars with uh, often oftentimes with these guys we want a, a, a certain amount of safety we want to act like we can predict the future with these guys uh, but at the same time we want them to have that upside uh for sure but this has been a blast but just to recap round two and round three before we close things out kicking off round two dwight shocked the world with Traylon burks 6'3 230 speedster at wide receiver for uh, Arkansas, Zach Wilson, uh, the, the quarterback that is, is absolutely terrible and then was absolutely amazing. And we're good luck, Jets, figuring out which one you're getting. Shane took him to kick off round two. And then I went to Brees Hall, Iowa State, obviously the best pick of those three. And then Kayshawn Boutte came off the board at pick four in round two. Uh, LSU wide receiver who uh, finished with an absolute boom last fall. Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama, should be a star this fall in, in, in the Heisman conversation by midseason. Javante Williams, uh, now with the Broncos out of North Carolina. Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, future first rounder most likely. Two Bama wide receivers after that, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith. Rondale Moore, the best Boilermaker to ever play the game of football, not named Drew Brees. Uh, Trevion Henderson, uh, after that, the true freshman phenom for the Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, who everyone hates, especially on this podcast, uh, for sure. (laughs) Uh, And uh, Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech running back after that to round out round two. And then round three. Lightning round here, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State wide receiver. Mac Jones, first round to the Patriots quarterback. David Bell, wide receiver, Purdue. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. Uh, Now with the Baltimore Ravens. Eric Gray, Oklahoma. Elijah Moore, now with the Jets. Hopefully, Zach Wilson pans out. Carson Strong, quarterback, Nevada at pick seven. Pick eight, Terrace Marshall uh, of LSU, now with the Panthers. Chris Olave, still with the Buckeyes for some reason, instead of going to the NFL. Uh, George Pickens, uh, probably piecing out of Georgia and heading to the NFL next spring. Wide receiver, Jalen Weidemeyer, the second tight end selected in this entire draft of Texas A&M. And to round it off with the best pick of the draft, Mr. Travis May, selecting Zachary Evans of TCU, running back. Going to be in the running back one conversation after this incredible fall. This was a blast, guys.
guys. Just going through 36 players in a Debbie slash rookie mock draft with you guys. Where can our awesome listeners find your work, Dwight? Yeah, on Twitter, FF People's Champ. I'm mostly doing back behind the scenes type stuff right now. Doing getting my Debbie cut up, my prospect cut ups fired up on Debbie Manual again. I'm doing a lot of editing behind the scenes at the Nerds and Campus to Canton. So, kind of keeping it a little quiet with writing and stuff. Is doing more, just kind of taking a step back a little bit, going behind the camera. Yeah, man. The words, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, always appreciate your work and I always appreciate your takes. And I know you put in a lot of work to these prospects. So, thanks again for coming on. Again, find him on Twitter at FF People's People's Champs, and I'm actually going to spell that. It's P E E B L E S. Uh, that's FF Peebles Champ on Twitter. Shane at Shane P. Hallam on Twitter. Where can people find your work these days? If you're interested in, in Debbie takes, you can look up uh, my podcast with Kenny Fassell, who was on last week, the Debbie Marketplace. So wherever you get your podcasts, I, I write over at fakepigskin.com about fantasy. And uh, I'm going to have a big announcement here coming up in a month or two. Uh, I'll be moving somewhere else and doing a lot more draft stuff. So uh, that's going to be coming up as well. So follow me on Twitter to uh all of that fantastic well looking forward to it i always appreciate your takes always appreciate the work you guys put in and the research you guys do with all these players and in this process that uh, this podcast is all about uh listeners thanks for tuning in for another college to canton show please leave a, a five-star rating wherever you listen helps out quite a bit uh you can leave a question in, in any review uh you can find me on twitter again at ff underscore travis m if you want to harass me about how wrong i was in all these draft picks please do uh, and I hope you're enjoying, you know, rookie draft season and uh, early OTA talk for NFL. And we're going to be talking about some college football, some NFL stuff all this summer. So I look forward to more of that. And I look forward to you joining me soon for many more episodes of the College of Ken podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.